SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Real Christian Sin. My name is Linda Gunner, and if this is the first time that you're joining us, I want you to know that I am the volunteer CEO of an amazing ministry called Love Him, Love Them. And we got our name from the answer to the question from the attorney in Matthew 22, 36, when he said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied back to him and he said, look, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's the first and the greatest commandment. And the second one is you need to love your neighbor as yourself. So love him, love them. We serve widows and orphans, both in, the, in Northeast Georgia and in the country of Haiti. Oh, and we have a brand new book out. Can you see it? I don't have it in my hand. <laughs> I think we're sold out, actually, in the office. A brand new book out on miracles. It's called Miracles with Mommy Linda, which is the way I'm referred to in Haiti. Um, I am the mother of 12, still have five kids at home, and I would love to come to your church or your women's group and share our story about how God is working miracles even today. So be sure to go to our website at lovehimlovethem.org. You can learn more about us there, and you can volunteer to help us feed thousands of homeless and homebound at Thanksgiving, to serve children who have parents incarcerated at Christmas, and to bring smiles to special needs adults in so many more ways to serve God by loving Him and loving them. Now, do real Christians sin? This past week, I was at a church, and as soon as I walked in the door, I saw Jesus. I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus is at the church? The man looked just like Jesus. He had the long hair. He had the nice eyes. He looked just like he'd come right out of the chosen. And I, I looked at him and I was like, are you Jesus? And he goes, I do play Jesus. <laughs> I'm not Jesus, but I stayed at a, what is it, a Hotel Six last night? I'm not Jesus, but I do play Jesus in the Easter play. He said, and I want you to know, he said, um, when I play Jesus the whole week, they refer to me as fake Jesus. He said, and I start, I was like, that just doesn't sound right. Stop calling me fake Jesus. So they, everybody at the church called him synthetic Jesus. That's the name he came up with, synthetic Jesus. So how hilarious is that? But here, here is the question. Are you, because you're either a real Christian or you're a fake Christian. You might be a synthetic Christian. Are you really a Christian if you keep on sinning? That's the question. That's the question for today. So we are going to dive right in. First John chapter three says everyone. First John chapter three is a hot mess of a chapter. If you if you like ain't got nothing else to do today, you should go read the whole thing of first John chapter three. I'm starting with with verse four, but it messes me up. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And that is ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating, whew, by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. You know that he appeared in visible form as man. That was Jesus when he was walking the earth in order to take away the sins. That's the whole reason he came. 
and in him there's absolutely no sin. He's neither he neither has the sin nature, he's not committed sin, nothing. No one who abides in him. That word gets used a lot. I'm not really sure people know what it means, but it means that you remain united in fellowship with him. Nobody that remains with him deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually, we had to go over what that word meant at the house the other day. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Little children, he's not just talking about little kids, but he's talking about believers, dear ones. Do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life, listen to this, in private as well as in public, just in case you don't know what private means, private means when you're in a hotel room, guys who travel, uh, private means when you're in your bedroom, teenagers who live at home, private means moms when you're in your car and you think nobody's watching or listening, in private as well as in public. And to conform to God's precepts, that's who's righteous, just as he is righteous. But the one who practices sin and separates himself from God and offending him, you offend God when you sin. You know how you feel we, uh, you're offended when somebody doesn't like your post on Facebook? or when you, that's, that's the level of offense we have today. It offends God when we sin or when we are, do acts of disobedience. Or even when we're indifferent or rebellion, all of that is of the devil. And it takes the inner character and the moral values from, from Satan, not God. Because the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Did you know that's what we're here for, is to destroy the works of the devil? A lot of us, the devil is destroying our works, but we're supposed to be here to destroy his works. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Nobody who's born of God will deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practice sin because God's seed, the principle of his life, the essence of his righteousness, the essence of his character remains permanently in him who's born again. Those of us who are reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again, we're still in 1 John, cannot habitually live a life that is characterized by sin. Because he's born of God and we long to please him. By this, the children of God, children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. We're back to love him, love them. Love him, love them. So here's here's what we need to grasp, because this messes a lot of people up. Um, We had a conversation with somebody this week that is convinced that just because they're thinking about sinning, they're tempted They're like, if I've already got the thought, what's the point? I might as well either go ahead and do it or I'm obviously not saved. So, I mean, is it true that real Christians are sinless? You know, some people think that that is true. And so that if you sin, you're not a Christian. They believe that 1 John 3, 4, 10, which we just read, 4 through 10, teaches that real Christians are sinless. So I want us to discover 
Because what happens is people who believe 100% that they've given their life to Jesus and now they are sinning, we, we, we need to figure that out. Does that mean that you're not a Christian? What does that mean? What does 1 John 3, 4 through 10 mean? 1 John teaches that Christians sin. And in order to understand the meaning of what I just read to you, I want you to understand what it says in the beginning of 1 John. It really describes three different types of people. The first person is described in 1 John 6 through 1, 6 through 7. And those verses are about a person who believes they are a Christian, even though they are indulging in sin. <laughs> we're real good. You know, those of us who are Christians, we're real good at finding other people that are doing sins that we don't do and being like, man, I know they ain't saved because look at them. They're blah, 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 blah. Now, my blah, blah is okay. My sin is good. But those people, there's no way they can be sin. They, there's no way they can be Christians, right, because of the sin they're doing. So in First John, it talks about people who believe they are free to willfully and unrepentantly sin. And then they're still going to go to heaven. But John says that that person is a liar. He says it in 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie, we don't practice the truth. But if we walk with the light as he himself is in the light, that's when we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his, his, Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Okay. So one person who says, I can do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it, and I don't ever have to repent, that's, that's a lie. The second person that's described in 1 John, this person believes that they are sinless Christians. Have you ever met anybody that, <laughs> I heard this example the other day, somebody who says, I don't sin, I never sin, I'm a Christian. Pour a, 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 a bucket of hot water over their head and see what comes out of their mouth. <laughs> find out if there's any sin in them at all. That is, they believe they do not sin. They think real Christians do not sin. But then the verses teach that this person is also a liar and they've deceived themselves. Because if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. First John 1 John 1.10. Okay, so we got the first person who says, I can sin, do whatever I want to do, and I ain't repenting, and I'm not doing nothing about it. We've got the second person who says, I'm a Christian, and I'm sinless, and I don't sin. And the Bible says they're a liar. The third person is described in 1 John 1, 1.9. This is the true Christian. Real Christians still sin. Because here's, here's the advocate for Here's what we've got. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to, give, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. So, and the Apostle Paul also taught that Christians still sin in Romans 7. But he also taught that real Christians will be sinning less and less and less. So we have a biblical principle that Christians still sin, but real Christians. And remember, that was the, that was the question. Do real Christians sin? 
but real Christians will be sinning less and less. Why is that? Because we want to please our Father. We want to, we, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The Holy Spirit cannot live where it is, it is, it is contradiction. It is, when you first uh, start to like a boy in middle school, you want to know every single thing about them. When you first get married uh, or start dating the person that is your spouse, you want to know everything about them. All you want to do is please them. You want to know their ways. You want to know their likes. And that is the same way with our relationship with Jesus. When we come into a relationship with Jesus, we want to know everything this says because this tells us exactly, exactly what Jesus does. When the Holy Spirit comes in us, that's what fills us up with the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and all the faithfulness and the gentleness. And the more that we strive to please the Lord, we want to do that. And it's, and the moment that sin enters, the closer that we we come to Jesus, the 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 um journey that we're on with the Lord to please him, the sin, it's not a matter of, do I want to do this? How close can I get? How, how, how much can I get away with? You want to stay as far away from it as you can. Everyone, 1 John 3, 4 says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And verse 4 tells us, we are break anytime we are breaking any one of God's laws, sin is breaking God's laws. And verse six is very important because it seems to imply that Christians are sinless. If this were so, it conflicts with another part in the Bible, and there there is no conflict in the Bible. So we've got we've got to understand that if we're abiding in him, no one who has seen him or knows him, that's where the sin, that's where the sin stops. Unfortunately, the the way the Bible is written, we don't we don't know the verb tenses. We don't know if this is something that's happening one time, happening all the time. So I, this is what I need you to understand: the words "abides" and "sins" refers to habitual behavior. Okay, so if I fall walking outside, I just did fall the other day, actually at the airport. That was interesting. If I fall outside and something comes out that shouldn't come out, and I have a one time sin that I need to repent. I need to I need to repent that if I continue in that and continue in that and continue in that that is a habitual behavior. And this verse means that real Christians, those who are continuing to abide in Christ, we do not habitually continue sinning. We don't do that. And it is important to note that there are verb tenses, there are different things that that are in all of the different versions of the Bible, is it continuous, is it one time? The the truth is this, Christians confess their sins. That's the difference. Christians repent of their sin. You can't, if you are a real Christian and your goal in life is to please the Father, you can't even sleep. It, it, you can't even go to sleep at the end of the day without confessing those sins and seek. We seek God's help to stop sinning. This means. You know, the apostle is talking about a person's pattern of their life. He's not talking about sinless perfection because no one in this life is sinless, including Christians. But Christians will be sinning less and less and less and less because as we're on a journey, you'll notice that things that things that didn't even bother you before, things that you listen to, things that you watch, Things that you uh, 
feel comfortable in a conversation with, the closer you draw, the closer you become in your relationship with your father, you you don't feel comfortable anymore. And 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 it's sin. It's sin to watch certain things that you even when you were a Christian, you were still listening to them. But as you grow closer to the father, you're saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. I can't even I can't even be in this conversation where we're talking about other people because that's not going to please my father. So less and less and less. If that is not true, if your life, if you don't see the change in your life, as you draw closer to him, that you come away from the sin, you need to check to see, am I, am I really a Christian? Am I a real Christian? So what is the answer, right? Because we do need some type of a conclusion. 1 John 3, 4 through 10 does not teach sinless perfection of believers. The Holy, Script, the Holy Spirit wrote all of the scripture, not just 1 John 3, 4 through 10. The sad part is this. Those who think they are sinless they don't confess their sins because they think they're sinless. And as a result, they are constantly grieving the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's ministry then becomes blunted in their lives because anyone who is continuously teaching that the believer can be sinless, it ends up being heresy. The Apostle John repudiated that idea in 1 John 1.8. It says believers must not ignore the fact that believers such as the Apostle Paul still sinned. Peter still sinned. I mean, I can, I can go on and on and on about Christians that were sinning. So what I want to spend this last few minutes with, is, with you is this. Because I ha- one conversation I had this week is what, is what spurred this on with me. I had a conversation with someone who is stealing, cheating, and lying. And they asked me, they said, I need help. I need help. And I said, that's great. You need help with, with what? I need help not to steal anymore, not to cheat, not to lie. Oh, and not to sneak around. That was the fourth thing, not to sneak around. Okay, great. When did you make Jesus the Lord of your life? When I was eight years old. Okay, great. So then you were baptized after that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so... What, what is the problem? I need to start over. I think I really need to start over. Okay. So are you 100% sure that you made Jesus the Lord of your life? No. I think someone told me, if do I want to go to heaven instead of hell? And if I want to go to heaven, I need to pray this prayer. And so I prayed the prayer and I got baptized, but I really don't think that I have any part of the Holy Spirit in me at all. And this is like uh, 10, 11, 12 years later. I can't do the math. You guys know that's not my forte. So when the, the conversation comes up to say, have you ever asked God to forgive you? No. <laughs> and all I can think is how many people are, how many people are listening today? How many cr- people who think they are real Christians because at some point they raised their hand or at some point someone said, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? I don't want to go to heaven. Okay, great. Pray this prayer. All right. Now you got to get baptized. Are they a real Christian? Was there ever any change in their life? Did they make a decision or raise their hand? Even in churches today, I see in, in very large churches where we don't have an opportunity to speak one-on-one with people the, the, the decision is so easy. If, if you want to go to heaven, raise your hand. 
I want you to know this. You are not a real Christian if you just raised your hand and prayed a prayer to say, I want to go to heaven. Because it's not about going to heaven. That's like the icing on the cake. That's like the reward of all rewards. That's like the extra part. The, the part of becoming a real Christian, and it's not even about sinning and not sinning. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is who died on the cross for your sins. The whole thing we've been talking about, about sin, sinless, am I sinning? Will I sin if I'm a Christian? He paid the price for you. So it is not just raising our hands. It is knowing him. The bracelet that I still saw, I saw a little girl yesterday with the bracelet, WWJD. What would Jesus do? You know what the real question is? What did Jesus do? Jesus died on a cross for you to pay for the sins that we just talked about. He's got a whole plan for the sins. All he's asking you to do is to love him and love them. If you have a them in your life right now that you you cannot forgive, you refuse to forgive, you will not forgive, him is not in you. <laughs> because it is the power. This, this is one of Satan's biggest tricks, one of his best strategies. My son just got back from a weekend of uh, a youth camp. And he told me, he said, Mommy Linda, the number one reason that none of those kids have a relationship with Jesus is they're not willing to forgive, not willing to forgive parents, not willing to forgive uh, moms and dads that left them, not willing to forgive people who have chosen drugs over them. That's Satan's number one tactic. He works very hard to make sure you are offended at someone, somebody, or something that happened to you, because then he gets to use the unforgiveness. And when we have unforgiveness in our life, the Bible tells us that God does not forgive us. So now we've now let's go back to what we've been talking about. If we've sinned, we have the ability to ask for forgiveness of our sins, but we have unforgiveness in our life. The Bible tells us in Psalms, I'm going to forgive you the same way you forgive others. So if you're not forgiving others, I'm not forgiving you. And where does that leave us in our sin? I really, really want you to listen to me right now. It is so important that, you know, the only problem with being deceived is that you're deceived. Don't let Satan continue to deceive you in any of these three areas. Don't let him deceive you by reading through 1 John and thinking, mm, I, I'm, I'm pretty much, I've got freedom. I can do whatever I want to do and I can sin. I can lie. I can cheat. I can steal because I've got grace. I raised my hand when I was eight. I got baptized, so I'm covered. I can live my life here however I want to live my life and I'm going to heaven. Don't let Satan deceive you into thinking, I am a sinless Christian. Nothing I do is wrong. I don't need to ask for forgiveness or repentance on anything. Don't allow that strategy. And the third thing that he works on that I want to make sure you grasp is forgiveness. 
Don't let him allow you to think that you have the right not to forgive. You, you, that is something that we've surrendered. We surrender that whenever we make Jesus the Lord of our life. It's not a matter of the person coming to ask you to forgive them. It's not a matter of the person even changing. That The matter is you love him, and that's what gives you the power to love them. It's the kindness of God that draws you to him. And it is your kindness and the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you that gives you the ability to forgive. Many of you know our story and why we do what we do. It started with a double murder, a double murder. And out of five children, we can, in, in, in any situation, when something horrible like that happens, you can look at the lives of the people that forgive and the lives of the people who do not forgive, and you can see the difference in their lives. You can see the difference in their faces. You can see the difference in the way they age. You can see the difference in their health. You know, the Bible tells us your body will prosper as your soul prospers. And if you have unforgiveness in your soul, it will end up showing up in your body. So don't don't go any further today without analyzing what are you doing. Are you a real Christian? Are you, uh, do you have yourself fooled into thinking Christians don't sin? So I'm a Christian, so I don't sin. So because of that, I have nothing to repent of, nothing to ask for forgiveness for. Or do you think it's okay? How many people do you see today who continue to profess to be Christians, but are living a habitual lifestyle of sin and are proud of it? You can look on, uh, on social media and see how proud they are of living a lifestyle that, that you know is sin, that I know is sin, and even people that do not, do not profess to be Christians know is sin. Real Christians do not habitually, deliberately, and continuously live in sin. And if you are doing that, I am begging you today to take this moment with me and pray to get your life right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I keep thinking of the fake Jesus that I saw this past Sunday, the synthetic Jesus. And I wonder how many of us are fake Christians. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine how it breaks your heart to see us as we go every Sunday and, and, and profess to be something that we just aren't. Even knowing, Father, that you've asked us over and over, please either be hot and on fire for me or be cold, because when you're lukewarm, it makes me want to spit you out of my mouth. So, God, today I'm praying that you use the Holy Spirit for incredible, unbelievable conviction. Based on your word, it's your word that's sharper than a two-edged sword. And, God, that you deal with each one of us wherever we are. We don't want to be fake Christians. We don't want to be synthetic Christians. We want to be real Christians. We want to be the Christians that when your eyes are roaming the earth looking for one that you can use, you can find us. So, Father, today, if we need to forgive, let the power of the Holy Spirit allow us to forgive. And, Lord, if we've been living our lives for years and years, counting on a time that we raised our hand in church, but there's no change in our life, Convict us today, Father, 
to ask you once again to become the Lord of our life. Make us hungry and thirsty for your righteousness. Father, in the name of Jesus, show us what it means to love you and to love others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida, the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. You need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwindconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwind, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwind women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwind.tv to subscribe now.